0: Yay! Except, um, well, my voice is definitely softer than yours.
1: So you want me to manage it a little (laughs) too, Wait, that sounds more like a seduction tactic than anything.
0: It does! I am so sorry. I'll just modulate my voice and make it sound louder. Or because, you know, I can always do that. I can speak from here. Yeah, you, well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Good job, episode one. Good job. Good job. Alright, okay, <clears throat> let's get down to salty business. Yeah. Business. Business. Right. Business. Oops, I kicked the table Oh no! God, this is going to be hard. Uh, I can't move as as much as I want.
1: You wanted one of those wheelie chairs, didn't you?
0: I don't have a wheelie chair. I wish I had a wheelie chair. <laughs> I can't sit there. My dad's chair. There are
1: some <laughs> chairs that you just don't sit in.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, let's get down to business. Oh. <laughs> Stare at you. A moment. Um, hi! Do I have to read this?
1: Do it! Come on, we've this!
0: I know I read it, it's
1: embarrassing.
0: <laughs> and it's only half true. <laughs> oh fuck, well, I forgot the timer. Alright.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, our first F bomb. There will be a lot of those. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen. This podcast is, um, R16?
0: But we're not gonna talk about sex. Not yet. Oh, we don't wanna, you know, I mean, we're not gonna be that kind of raunchy, seductive, not safe work.
1: Oh, you mean like Hathi and trade?
0: Woo! Name <laughs> drop! Hey, they, I, I listen to them at work. Okay. And you
1: want to tell me they're not safe for work.
0: Please, it's fine.
1: Just remember, if you're going to listen to this podcast, keep your headphones on.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, So, hello. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to read... Hi. Hi, I'm the totally obnoxious, glorious, undeniably horrible... Overly underhyped, salty monster for demons, bitch in the kitchen who cries at night because she loves her adorable little devil cats, Rika.
1: And I'm that one demon soul that Soma Cruz couldn't absorb because I was too into it, Miggy.
0: And welcome to Sodium Exposure, where we talk about anything and everything mm-hmm.
1: under uh, the geek sun
0: because, because we, we what paid, paid for our, our saltiness. saltiness. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, all right, that's done. <laughs> um, should I stop recording now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just. Consider,
1: let's consider that a test.
0: Oh, you, you, oh, you, you wanted that to be a test? Yeah, that, I mean, we could keep recording and just talk.
1: You know what? Let's do this. <laughs> we're here, we're queer, let's do this.
0: All right, so this is our first episode. What Hi. exactly are we? Well... Mm. We're a couple of salty
1: 30-somethings, for starters.
0: Let's do that again. Because I can hear the bass from the trucks outside.
1: You know it's all about that bass. About that bass.
0: (laughs) No trouble. So yeah, this is is Sodium Exposure, a podcast where two nerdy friends just talk about the things that make us salty, which really meets our many hobbies. And they're very nerdy. <laughs>
1: they're absolutely nerdy.
0: Uh, we love board games, video games, tabletop games, role-playing games, anime, manga, Netflix, TVs, movies, comic books. Music, of music. course. Yeah, we love music. Uh, I love musicals. Musicals. The theater. Uh, yeah. Just about anything you think about. Yeah. We can probably... Except
1: maybe sports ball.
0: Yeah, it, well... I can probably geek about tennis to an extent because. <laughs> how did I get into tennis? Anime. Anyway.
1: Oh my god. Seriously.
0: Seriously. Oh my god. Yeah, like way back in. What year is it? Are we gonna date ourselves?
1: We're really gonna date ourselves, aren't we?
0: Ten years ago, I. I. Was watching well, maybe it was over ten years ago. I was young and impressionable, so I was watching a lot of Prince of Tennis, and that's what got me into actual tennis. Because and we and we practically worship uh, Roger Federer and Nadal, and we may have shipped them uh-huh. the gods of tennis. Uh-huh. Seriously. That's, that's how I got into tennis, it's
1: a true reason, story. The only reason I'm into tennis is because I come from a line of people who love tennis. Like, it's a family thing, not even basketball, it's like tennis. That's the thing that my uncles, my dad, my mom, my aunts will fight over.
0: Yeah, I can, I can imagine. Tennis is an intense sport. Oh, well, okay.
1: I mean, I kinda like hockey, I kinda like soccer for that one minute. That one minute when I was a child.
0: Oh, speaking of soccer, I was totally into it for a while. Uh, <laughs> also, because of the anime.
1: <laughs> what, Inazuma 11?
0: Yes! Oh my god, how am I guessing these things? How? Hey, look! I. In Asume 11, I stayed up at like 4 a.m. to watch the 2014 World Cup Finals.
1: And you haven't done it
0: since. <laughs> and I haven't done it since. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> to
1: be fair though, I mean, these days, it's like, I don't know, the stuff that we like can yeah, also be they, sports. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I learned a lot about sports when I was watching it so I can talk about it with other people who like sports, but you know, I mean, I can hold a conversation with them. Like I know, I know how the sports work. I know some of the people, so like they can just fill in the gaps I don't know.
1: I'm more like, hey, do you wanna talk
0: about sports ball? No. (laughs) And the only reason that like I know of Lacrosse? because of Teen Wolf.
1: How much lacrosse did they even play eventually? <laughs> not I mean, a, not a lot. lot. Not, not a lot. Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> By the way, Teen Wolf is something that we're really, really salty over. Oh god, yeah. Don't, don't, get don't even... Started. Don't
0: got mm, mm. Don't get us started. It... Or, I have so much salt. So much salt. Do you
1: want us to talk about that? Let us know.
0: I mean, we could talk about it in a later episode. But...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, but today we have um, something planned already. Since we're a nerdy podcast and we love um, role playing games, well, we also love ourselves. That's true. Come on, that's Mama Roo's teaching. (laughs) If you can't love yourself, how the hell can you love somebody (laughs) else? Can (laughs) I get an amen up in here? Amen. Mm. All right, so. Um, since we do love uh, our video games, our role-playing games and all of that, we uh, we thought we should start our first episode with something very uh, important to start with, um, uh, those role-playing games and that's...
1: Character creation!
0: Alright, applause!
1: Yay! But yeah, we tend to spend a lot of time on it in video games. I mean, I remember someone spending about three hours just designing their character, who eventually became a cat.
0: Is this. Wait, what was this?
1: I'm talking about FF14 and the three hours I spent (laughs) fixing my cat.
0: Alright. I thought you were talking about, like, Monster Hunter. also that <laughs> because i know so many people that um sang, like half their day yeah. just designing the pelico <laughs> like, you know,
1: there's new, There, there not even that even
0: many... that much customization for the pelico you thought, i mean the, and it's and yeah like, like, you just have to have that perfect,
1: perfect cat head yeah
0: <laughs> i mean you, you don't i mean i guess you do spend As much time as your own character. Uh, getting the facial expression right. Like getting the eyes right. Mm -hmm. Because there's just so many things you can do in character creation. Not just designing your character. But also... um,
1: You get to pick their voice. You get to pick the way the cadence of that voice sounds. Whenever they get hit. Whenever they're healing. There's so much minutia in games now when it comes to character creation. It's unheard of.
0: Yeah. There's just so many things that you have to consider before you actually play the game.
1: And the same, and while that's true for video games.
0: It's especially true for uh, role-playing games, Uh tabletop role-playing games especially.
1: the, The granular detail that you have to deal with when you're doing a character, when you're creating a character for a tabletop game, kind of rivals the way you pick and choose those tiny sliders in video games. It's so yeah. like not only do you have to come up with their stats, you have to come up with how they're going to act. Since you're playing them, it's essentially you putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Not just or, their shoes. Not
0: just their shoes. You're basically putting on someone else's skin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so body on horror. It's kind of gross
0: when you, you say it that way, but technically you are. Getting into someone else's skin cuz mm. that's an entirely different person now. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not just the appearance It's also the personality how they talk to other people their little quirks their little ticks. What makes them you know what makes them wanna punch someone what makes them salty like what makes
1: them wanna stab someone like a certain Russian lady.
0: Hey Yeah <laughs> yeah, she she's a stabbing person. Yeah. Uh just don't uh yeah, just don't get him on her bad side, which is actually very easy to get on her bad side. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, when you're creating a character in tabletop, you pick out skills, you raise stats, but unlike a video game where it's just you. You're the one developing this character. In tabletop games you've got other players and your storyteller or your DM or your GM or whatever to collaborate with and create.
0: Yeah, and actually the difference between like a video game character that you, you know, customize at the start and uh, tabletop role playing, a a traditional pen and paper character that you make is that you have a lot more room to flesh out your RPG character than your video game character. Mm -hmm. Because a video game character, technically all you're just doing is cosmetics. It's purely cosmetic. It's just the way they look, the way you know, the way they sound. But their story is kind of already set in stone.
1: Yeah, you can only make bi- minor variations, like in Mass Effect and yeah, and uh,
0: yeah, like Mass Effect. Like uh, I, I play FemShep, and I really like the redhead FemShep.
1: It's apparently canon.
0: Chef. Yeah, it's apparently canon FemShep. But uh, you know, no, I, I just have a thing for redheads. I really have a thing for Redhead. Don't we all? <laughs> but it, it's um, it's really different with um, pen and paper RPGs where you, you don't just write down numbers. You actually, a lot of people I know create a different persona for their character. They mm-hmm. don't just play it. It, it. It's not just you playing yourself.
1: You can do that, but sometimes certain people will frown on it.
0: Well, yeah, there, there are some people who do that, but, you know, it, it's a role-playing game, yeah. so why not play someone else? Why not play that, uh, you know, I mean, someone, uh, I mean, it's hard to play someone, like, on a different intelligence level than you are, but that's a totally different yes, thing already. That is,
1: that's the hardest thing, like, um, didn't I make it, I once made a character who had really high intelligence, unfortunately, my own intelligence isn't that high. Yeah, but
0: that's the thing with uh, RPGs, tabletop RPGs. You can collaborate with your GM to, you know, to set that foundation where, you, you know, hey, GM, my character is smart. Would he know about this, this, this? And then your GM would say, you know, you two would find a compromise.
1: Yeah, like having you roll for it to see if you remember pertinent information.
0: information. I mean, you know, if your skill levels, you know, match or something. Yeah. Or or, I mean, if you are, I mean, there are a lot of things you have to consider when creating characters. So uh, let's get down to business. Let's create some characters.
1: (laughs) I didn't, I'm not ready for this.
0: Okay, but first, um, uh, let's try to figure out what are the important things in creating a character. I mean, aside from the obvious, obviously, aside from the, like in Dungeons & Dragons, you have, uh, you have your stats, your character stats, your strength, dex, constitution, yada, yada, yada. But when you're creating your character, it's not just gonna be how the dice rolls you have to think of how your character is. That's why in d and now, you have your background, you have flaws, you have traits, you have all of that. These usually fall under archetypes.
1: Character archetypes. Yeah, character archetypes.
0: So, <laughs> let's get on with it.
1: Oh my god, character archetypes,
0: let's... Okay, so what exactly is an archetype? An archetype is...
1: Kind of like that, that basic that basic template for every character, you know. You wanna cast spells? There's mage. You wanna shapeshift? There's druid. You wanna be um.
0: Be a fighty fighty person? There's a fighter. Or you if wanna you be wanna... sneaky? There's rogue. Yeah. Those are basically, you know, your fundamental character archetypes in a lot of uh, video games, a lot of RPGs. Those are the core. It, is that correct? <laughs> well, what am I doing? Yeah
1: but <laughs> the, liter- the literal, I mean in literature definition of a character archetype is it's a typical character, an action, or a situation that seems to represent universal patterns of human nature. So in a way that's kind of where the alignment system also comes in in D&D.
0: Oh that's actually true. So with, um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. is a character archetype the same as a character trope would you say that
1: yes and no honestly yes and no because you've got i mean you've got an archetype where you know you want to be the hero and there are tropes there are tropes that involve certain types of heroes like you've got the hero who only wants to do good or the hero who will do whatever it takes to get it done so it's like you're saying archetype is the canvas. And trope is some of the
0: paint. The paint that you use on the canvas. Okay, yep. okay, that's <laughs> You should see me right now with all the hand gestures. Alright, um, but <laughs> we wish we were video, but you know, um, budget reasons. Maybe, you know, in the future we'll have somewhere video. Down the line. Somewhere down When we, um, you know, when we get paid for our exposure rather than our salt, <laughs> or maybe yeah. both. You could pay for us for you know both. Pay pay for our salt
1: <laughs> and our exposure. Too. and
0: for our exposure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we 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 know that in D&D you've got the you you have the basic character classes or the basic archetypes like the fighter, sorcerer, wizard. Uh, the druid, the bard. You mm-hmm. have uh, what else? The warlock. Warlock. The rogue. Yeah, the warlock. The rogue. The ranger. The ranger. There you go. So um.
1: The thief. The ninja. The pirate.
0: Yeah, those are uh. I mean, those are pretty much something that you can start your character with, but what under
1: about, what, what about their deeper motivations? Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. Like uh, you you have. For example, you have a fighter, sure, they have swords and shields and stuff in that fantasy setting, D and D. But what kind of fighter is he? You have to also take in consideration their background. Are they a uh, city guard? Were they was he a knight? Was he you know, just
1: Is he a self sword?
0: Yeah, is he just is he someone who just you know, a bodyguard maybe, or, yeah. or a towns guard? Or you know, I don't know <laughs> what else? there are there, there, so many things that you can think of other than just the basic fighter
1: yeah it's you know you put you put that there fighter that's one block then you have to add to it when you're creating them Ooh, okay. you have to find you have to find inspiration like you can look for inspiration or sometimes it'll just come to you like um Rika and I play Scion yeah, the first Scion. time that I created a character, I knew I wanted to play someone from the Japanese pantheon.
0: Okay, uh, just a background. Uh, Scion is a it's a white wolf game mm-hmm. where you basically play the children of God. It's it's basically
1: it's like, Percy Jackson on steroids. Yeah, it's
0: like Percy Jackson. It's a definite Percy Jackson. <laughs>
1: or if you don't or if you, or if you're not feeling Percy Jackson the way that the divine Gods.
0: we can we can define also American? so basically you are the child of a god and you may or may not know it and Scion basically encompasses a lot of pantheons uh, mm-hmm. so you have the japanese the Aesir. Iseir, I, I, I can never
1: or Aesir.
0: The Norse gods. The Norse there gods. There you go. The Greek
1: gods. They're not using the Roman ones here. They're using yeah, the, they Greek use the Greek
0: Greek Because, you know, keep it original. <laughs> mm. And then you have the Egyptian, the Egyptian gods.
1: We Af- have African in 2nd yeah, edition. The vo-
0: vo- no, they were the voodoo gods in the first edition. Yes, they were. But I heard in the second edition, they went back to the African roots? Yeah. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> well, it's...
0: We'll find out when book. we get the books available. Yeah. I mean, we've
1: only heard stuff.
0: From our friends who had the Kickstarter.
1: And they won't tell us anything else.
0: Uh, I just heard that the artwork is good.
1: Ugh. I need it. But anyway. That's so just what I meant. Like, going back.
0: Archetypes are... Yeah, archi- character archetypes are basically the building blocks of your character. So they're, they're a good way to start character creation because at least you have a foundation. At least you know what you're getting. You're just adding to it.
1: As time goes on, you know you get more blocks. Like, you start out, Let let's let's look at warrior. Start out warrior, okay. What kind of warrior was he? Is he mercenary? Is he kingsguard? So whatever you choose, you add that block. Is he honorable? Is he dishonorable? Was he dishonorably discharged? That sort of thing. That's another block. And so on until you've got a fully formed character somewhere down the line when it's been oh I don't know two three years of sessions.
0: If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Yeah, I mean some sessions do run for lifetimes.
1: I mean, Hello Critical (laughs) Role.
0: Yeah, so there, you just have to, in character creation, you just have to think of someone or something that you want your character to be and hold on to that really tight. Mm
1: -hmm. Never stray, even if it looks like you can.
0: There is multi-classing. But you have to ask yourself, is it really worth it?
1: And is it, is is it, it in-character? Character? You have to ask that question every time you want something. I mean, it's fine for you, but is it in-character? Would your warrior eventually want to multiclass into... Do they have spellblades in the end, Dina? Uh,
0: well, if you homebrew, sure. <laughs>
1: if you want a spellblade, you have to homebrew it.
0: Why isn't it a cannon thing? It would be so much fun. Um... You can be a spellcaster with a wheel with a with a sword. But I okay, I haven't played D in a while, but the Warlock does have that um, subclass mm-hmm. uh, Path of the Blade, where your warlock, the spellcaster, makes a bond with another I don't know, um, another magical creature to give you your powers. You can pick the path of a blade so that your magic manifests into a weapon that you can wield. So basically, but I don't remember if spell blades work that way. The spell blades are different.
1: They're like imbue element or buff. Or...
0: Oh, maybe the rogue arcane, arcane trickster, Ah, the rogue, the rogue subclass.
1: It's times like this that I miss my Faye in 4e. Yeah,
0: that was way back in 4? 4e. I think it was <laughs> Yeah. 4 was fun. 4 was fun. Yeah. You got, you got that from here. 4e was fun. Don't, don't knock it till you try I
1: tried it. I still want to play, but I kind of want to try the new rules.
0: Ooh. Eventually. Eventually. Anyway, um, going back, if you found the archetype that you want, the, let's say for example it is a warrior, you also you also sort of get inspiration before you add stuff to that warrior. Mm-hmm.
1: Like um, in our circles we have this question, so what's your peg for this character? Like what do you want them to be?
0: Yeah and basically in marketing you have Peg board right mm-hmm. and that's where the peg thing comes from it's basically this huge uh, corkboard board thing where you just put pictures on the pegs and you just pin them for all ideas, for, for all the ideas you have for the thing
1: think so. of it like a giant Pinterest board that's focused on a single point
0: yes yeah, so which is to make
1: this it's a character. Cracker.
0: Pinterest is one way to actually find inspiration because oh, there yeah. are a lot of people who do use Pinterest as their pegboards for the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also do that. Uh, I
1: used to do it.
0: Uh, I still do it. I actually also do it for work.
1: I don't use Pinterest because it's kind of blocked
0: at the office sometimes. So yeah. Okay, well, I, um, but what other? What other places do you
1: go to for I character the know. Sometimes, Sometimes a simple image search is fine. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, I don't know, you watch a movie, you find something that you like, and you incorporate, you play a video game, and you find something that you want to incorporate into your tabletop character, that's fine too. You know, as long as it's within the bounds of the game's mythos. Mm-hmm. Within its mythologies. Like, I remember the difficulties that I have the difficulty that I had at the start of playing Scion. so I really, I was really, really into like not disloses Caelum's ability to teleport her around. Absolutely. So I asked for that. I got it. Damn, it hurt. <laughs> Having to use it was like, oh, it hurts so much.
0: Okay, let's let's use um let's use our sign character as an example. So uh, Mickey what? has. Izumi, yeah, who is um, a ninja, a ninja archetype, right? Yes,
1: he's a ninja archetype.
0: Uh, his inspiration, obviously, has just stated was Prince Noctis from Final Fantasy, which again, yeah. fifteen. There you go. He was actually fun to play off of. Um, yeah, because he was always
1: here, and there, everywhere.
0: Yeah, very, very ninja. Not so sneaky sometimes. But <laughs> that was one, I failed one time.
1: I failed that role one time.
0: Okay.
1: It was an accident.
0: Okay, so um, let's interview Megu now. How did you actually make Izu? How did I start out with Megu?
1: No. I remember this. Um, one of the first things I remember doing with him, and I don't recommend this for everybody because it really is different for everyone. The character creation process Mm -hmm. is very different for everyone. With me, I started with a face. Mm -hmm. I started with who I want him to look like, then his personality, then his background, and then I laid out the stats the way I wanted them to be, according to his personality, and the background that I'd chosen for him. He ended up kind of being a snarky teenager for a while.
0: Yeah, he was a very uh, thirsty teenager. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) It felt teenager.
1: To be fair, though, he was nineteen, and then a the one adventure turned him into a twenty-year-old, and then back again.
0: All oh, right, cause the the, the artifact, uh, the relic. Sorry, <laughs> the relic.
1: That was different. That was different. That was the one where he turned into a child.
0: Oh, well done. <laughs> like as a child, he was
1: what he was. He was basically a hero archetype. Hmm. That was definitely what I begged for him. I wanted him to be the hero archetype. I wanted him, you know, the, the first thing on his mind would always be to do good, even if it meant having to kill someone. So that was a different, that was a shade of gray that I wanted because sometimes, in sometimes you're not going to be able to stop it. At least in an adventure in in a in a world like the one we had for Saya, you'd eventually have to take a life. Even if it might not be a human life, but you know, if you want to survive, you're gonna to have to learn to kill.
0: Well, Sin would say different, but you know, that's. That's Sindra. That's when did,
1: when hmm. you're not mom, it's <laughs> often trying to kill you. You learn that lesson really fast.
0: <laughs> Alright. So, uh, I forgot we were gonna talk about it next. Hmm. Well, we've gone through um, archetypes and how to find. Inspiration. inspiration. Oh, well. Character concepts. I haven't actually talked about how I find inspiration. Actually,
1: yes. Do enlighten us. <laughs> Tell me about how you make Julia.
0: Oh, um. I don't know. I don't really remember. I remember I was being asked, like, a number of questions. Like, uh. Because I was go. So, um. At that time, it was my first World of Darkness game. Mm -hmm. So I've never played, I don't know. It was my first World of Darkness game, but not my first White Wolf, because I played a vampire in college. Oh, We actually tried to start a mage campaign back then, but the vampire kind of won over. Um, But... That was my first uh, World of Darkness game and I wasn't sure what kind of setting it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So when I was told that there were different factions and that Russia was basically a wasteland, the first thing that I remember thinking of about Yulia was that she was, you know, she's a survivor. She She's quiet, she doesn't talk much because you know, she's seen a lot of death and destruction. But that basically made her build a wall around herself.
1: So see, there there's there's your archetype. Survive. It. Your inspiration, wasteland survivor.
0: Yeah, she was yeah, she pretty much
1: that traumatized wasteland survivor. Traumatized or, wasteland With a wall. Yeah, and I then heard.
0: and then I added more trauma <laughs> to her eventually, because you know, after being saved from that, she partially
1: guilty for some more yeah. trauma.
0: Yeah, after being saved as a child from that terrible place in Russia, she went on to a Hunter School, where uh, you know, after graduating, mm-hmm. she lost all of her friends, <laughs> and she was the sole survivor. So I'm like. Yeah, let's just you know keep on piling the trauma That's why she's quiet. That's why she's, uh, you know, very harsh Mm. And that she's very blunt and she hates everything. She doesn't want to get close to anyone Because she's gonna lose him anyway
1: Unfortunately for her my character that played with her happened to be a giant puppy.
0: Yeah, but she hated because you know, he was a giant puppy who didn't take orders very well. He, he, he took
1: your orders eventually.
0: Eventually.
1: It was one time. <laughs> I get it was one time.
0: She told you not to get close to the thing and the thing and then you ran straight for the thing. And she had to save you and yell at you for running towards the thing.
1: I didn't say he was a good puppy. I said he was a giant puppy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why you, uh, hated Cap uh, at first.
1: But let's be real. Kat made a lot of bad decisions at the start <laughs> of his hunter life. Let's be real. But, he had a lot of bad decisions to make.
0: But that's, I think that's part of playing a character because you're not just playing a game. You're also discovering. Aspects of your character that you didn't actually plan in the start Mm -hmm. and that's what's fun about role-playing games Yeah, like discovering something that Oh, hey, I didn't know that my character actually liked doing this. I thought, you know, at first they wouldn't enjoy it But apparently they do so it's it's called character development
1: Yeah, which is a thing that happens in tabletop games because I once like I've had people ask me, "What the what the heck is it you do in a table talk game? You sit around and talk." Or, like know. this was a person who is a huge fan of sports, and anything that you explained to them had to have a sports metaphor so that they could actually understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Might not be terrifying to explain, like what to this person.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and that was just what. Mm-hmm. I mean it to explain what role-playing games are to people who've never encountered the concept.
1: Yeah, but I've learned that some people might accept it easier if you explain it in a way that is closer to something that they know. Like, my sister has friends since she does improv. Mm-hmm. They tend to explain it as like, oh, it's an, it's it's kind of like long-form improv except you know, you're improvising your reactions to situations that are placed in front of you.
0: Yeah, and and that improvisation in role-playing games is aided by your dice roll, because mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't roll high enough, sometimes
1: stuff happens. Stuff
0: happens, but
1: that's the beauty of it.
0: Exactly, but I mean, it's it, not every what do you call that? What? What is the word? What. Um, Omnis...
1: um, Omnipotent?
0: Omnipotent. (laughs) Omnipotent. There you go. You're not omnipotent. Omniscient. Yeah. Or whatever. You're not God. Yeah. I mean, in Saiyan, you could be God. Eventually. Eventually. If you get enough experience points. And if 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 your
1: campaign lasts long enough.
0: Yeah. You could be a God. But you you have to go through the small stuff first. Mm. And you have to discover... And what your character really is, uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're still just the definition. So now that we know, um, that we have Izumi's archetype, which is a ninja, um, let's go through his character concepts. So, how did you go about fleshing Izumi out? Like, aside from his st- uh, let's let's go th- let's take a peek at his. Uh, I know that he's not that strong, but he's very uh, fast, so his strength might not be,
1: you know... Yeah, it's, it, I never designed him with strength in mind. I, I designed him with speed in mind. I wanted him to be in and out as quick as possible, because, you know, ninja. I also wanted him to not be easy to notice, which is why I only ever gave him presence one. That's why... I always like to play him as, you never know when he's in the room. And that wasn't even because I could turn invisible yet or walk through the walls yet. No, that was just, he's quiet enough around people that he doesn't know that you won't really notice that he's there until he says something. And then he started getting noisy around his housemates.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: Alongside three or four in particular.
0: Around Sin, yeah. Like- they're, they're pretty good. Really yeah, they're they're pretty good friends. Uh, it wasn't actually very long though. between uh, since arrival and Izumi's, yeah. The,
1: the only time that they lost contact was after after the first season.
0: Yeah, because Sin went through his soul searching, self discovery journey in. Uh, in Niflheim or somewhere. I think everybody did
1: that for a while. Everybody, you know, after after the events of the end season, everybody kind of went away for a while. Mm-hmm. Tried to figure out who they are, what, what comes next now that this has happened.
0: Yeah, which is um, part of uh, character creation that we'll be talking about later. We're getting ahead of ourselves again.
1: Yes, we are. <laughs> Where were we? Ah, yeah. Um, he never... The way I built him, was that I built him for speed, I built him for cunning, you know, he wouldn't, his solutions to problems wouldn't be particularly elegant, but they, but you'd look at them and be like, ah,
0: that could work. And this actually translates to the numbers on his character sheet, right? Yeah. Uh, cause, uh, let's take... Why don't we take a look at Cinders instead? Okay, let me just grab that first. Um, okay, so... Cindra is my uh, Scion character. Icyir. or iceir? I don't know. I, I, know I, still think... I still can't figure out which is the proper uh, pronunciation. Is it icyir, It's it's definitely just the North side, anyway. Yeah. uh Syndra is the daughter. No. <laughs> it's well, an you're inside joke. About,
1: you're, you're talking about Sinye, but we'll get to that later.
0: It's a, it's an inside joke. It's an inside joke but Sin, Sin is the scion of the goddess Freya. Um, when I first built him, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, because this is my first time. In game, and I really like Norse mythology, so that's the only reason why I picked uh, Freya. Uh, at first, I built him as someone who was an enemy kind of person, so mm-hmm. he, was, uh, he was a He was um, he was a fighter,
1: technically,
0: basically. So uh, from there, he actually evolved after after a while, and he got this sort of blacksmith kind of calling. But it was something that I only played out later. It was part of uh, the initial character Mm -hmm. because his background was he stopped. Um, doing MMA because of um, mm-hmm. again trauma.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and then, Like your
1: characters to be traumatized? Don't you? Oh,
0: yeah. I guess it's um, it's, a, it's it's something that got carried over from my life journal days. Uh-huh. So trauma, 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 trauma makes your characters you know, more fun to play. But <laughs> that's a different discussion for a different day. So to get over whatever happened, to sin, um, he went to metalworking. So he did a lot of he did a lot of um, metal sculpt. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know if metalworking is the proper term for it, but he did do metal sculptures. He did uh, etching on metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like for example, if you have metal um, frames for your artwork. He would do the etching for it. If it had jewelry, he would do etching of it. He would actually also make um, metal jewelry. So that was a part of him already from the start. But the first season that I played him, he was very really a fighty-fighty character. He would fight because he had to, but he would rather stay behind. Yeah. I mean, the first mission that he actually went to, he got traumatized because he was forced to kill Tut. <laughs> See, this is why he doesn't like the, the Egyptian people. Because, because the first mission that he went to,
1: we're talking about the children of the Egyptian gods, not actual <laughs> Egyptians.
0: <laughs> That's just, yeah, sorry. Sinja doesn't like the Egyptian scions, yeah. you know, not, not, not Egyptian he's Egyptians. He's not racist. I'm <laughs> sorry, I had to clear that up. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't like the Pasajet because of Tut. Uh, because, you know, that was really something big For him, because he had to choose, well, basically the only option was to kill someone, it it was either him, or Mateo, or Tuck, so... Uh Uh-huh,
1: and we all know know why you chose Tuck, (laughs) but we're getting ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, but he never really knew why he wanted to kill Mateo. He wasn't sure until he talked to Cray after.
1: I remember reading that conversation, but again, ahead no, of ourselves. Yes.
0: That's quite a before. That, but nice. yeah, I created Sin to be an MMA fighter. Uh, Who well, you know, he likes he liked it before, mm-hmm. but then you have to ease him in after after the whole Tat thing. Uh, he went on some missions, and then he went on that Sabaka.
1: Yeah, where, the sabbatical that ended with him having Halberd for a weapon. Yeah. And this guy's an MMA fighter, that's another development. Right?
0: Yeah, um, because the Halberd was partly a gift uh, by, I uh, forgot which Valkyrie, because he had... Not the
1: Valkyrie the Grimm's dating, right? No, 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 no not him, <laughs>
0: not her, not her, not her. Not her. Um, it was a Valkyrie that Freya. Uh, had a sign to watch over Sin when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a gift from her. Uh, uh, because, you know, they were all over the Nine Realms. And um, it was an inside joke that Sin was wrestling with uh, the ice Giants. <laughs> um, but yeah, after the sabbatical, Sin was actually a little better. Yeah, when when he, it, when it, it came to fights. Because you know, he, he he realized that it's a real thing that he really was a son of a goddess. So fighting titans, fighting fighting, you know, the other was inevitable, and he had to learn how to do it again. Uh, that's why he got the the halberd. So something it it it's something that uh, helped him get over that fighting trauma. Yeah. But it also helped him realize that making weapons was pretty awesome. That's how I started working the whole metalworking, metal, working, metal uh, smithing back. It was a fun, it
1: was, it was always fun to like, whenever, whenever we played Scion and Sin was not around, own, it, it was always something that Izumi would default to. He'd always like, hmm, maybe there's some metal here that I could give to Sin. Yeah. It was like, he made it, he made, I made my I made him, I made him like a material hunter for a little while. Because the kid was, one of the things I worked into his background was that he had a love for old things, archaeology, that sort of,
0: that,
1: that's what, that's, that's, that was the plan for him as a mortal child. He was going to be, you know, he was going to go either forensic archaeology or the academy. That was for, that was for him. He's smart enough, actually. But yeah. Uh, I remembered something about okay. character creation. If we're going to do this, if we're going to talk about our characters, I think we're going to need to cut this one a little short.
0: Because if yeah, we well, want to break
1: down what a character is, that's going to take a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it helps that we have characters already. We, we I mean, I have a million d characters that i played and I haven't played yet um, but I think it's a good start. Yeah. Um, next episode, we can start talking about the numbers versus the the, your, your actual character. Yeah.
1: And we'll talk about it next time here on Sodium so Exposure. Zodium exposure.
0: for listening to the Sodium Exposure Podcast. Check us out at sodiumexposure.podbean.com and follow us at Sodium Exposure on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to get updates. If you enjoyed today's show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play or on your favorite podcast app. Until next time! This episode of the Sodium Exposure Podcast features music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com as well as sound effects from Production Crate at ProductionCrate.com. The Sodium Exposure Podcast is hosted by Rika Shoson and Miggy Castaneda and edited by Rika Shoson.